This is a Dalarna University production. Good morning and welcome to what promises to be a series of enlightening and inspirational interviews with some of our senior researchers at Hoogskool and Dalarna or Dalarna University. Uh, my name is Loretta Kronström and I work in the English department here at Hoogskool and Dalarna. And it is my pleasure to present Una Cunningham, Associate Professor in English Linguistics, who is spending a great deal of her research this term on something that is called NGL, Next Generation Learning. Welcome, Una. Thank you. So tell us, who is Una Cunningham? Well, I uh, originally came from Northern Ireland. I was educated in England and I've been in Sweden for almost 30 years now. I'm a linguist and uh, my research interested in phonetics, speech sounds. Okay, and how long have you worked here at Hoogskool and Dalarna? Uh, more than seven years now. Okay, thank you. So, could you explain what is NGL? Well, next generation of learning is a the latest in a long line of terms that have been used to describe various kinds of online, electronic, digital tools and environments used in learning. At Hogue uh, School and Dalarna we have a lot of online education. Uh, many of our students study online through the web, through email, uh, other uh, resources that we have, uh, electronic resources. A lot of our students I've never been in Sweden, and because of the way we run many of our courses, they never need to come to Sweden. They can still take part in our programs and courses. Mm, thank you. Because there are two identifiable research areas in your work at Hoogskool and Dalarna, namely, as you mentioned, electronic communication, but also English language learning and teaching. So what are your plans regarding these two research areas? Well, for me personally, I don't see them as totally separate, but rather as two aspects of the same thing. Um, a lot of my research is about the learning of English, particularly the uh, learning or acquisition of English pronunciation uh, by people who don't have English as their first language. Um, but since a lot of our education is online, then uh, I'm looking at the ways in which learners are able to work on improving their pronunciation, learning about pronunciation, learning about other aspects of English language uh, through electronically mediated forms of communication. What difference does it make if you are a student studying online if you're trying to improve your English pronunciation? Is it possible to study English pronunciation without actually having a teacher in front of you? What, what's necessary and what difference does it make? And uh, are there any advantages, perhaps, in new ways of learning? Um, we've been doing some work in mobile learning, uh, using uh, handheld devices, mobile telephones, MP3 players, and uh, that kind of uh, facility can let students and learners have material with them at all times, which as you know, as a, a language learner, the amount of exposure you get to material is, is very important. So having uh, 
sound material with you constantly available that you can use while you're on the bus or walking to, to, to the shops can greatly ex ex extend the amount of time you spend listening to English. Mm. So I, I think that the two, the two fields of uh, English or second language learning and next generation of learning are not mutually exclusive in any way. Mm. Um, we have a lot of language online at Dalna and uh, a lot of language learners who are studying online and we're very interested in looking in the particular conditions that these students experience and researching our own activities as, as an educational institution. Thank you. Uh, I know that you are currently learning Vietnamese and uh, how does this relate to your research then? Well, as a linguist, um, it's very interesting to observe your own language learning, I think. But the reason I'm learning Vietnamese in particular is that I'm currently looking at the acquisition of English pronunciation by Vietnamese learners of English. We have, in fact, a lot of students in Vietnam who are taking part in our online uh, one-year master program there. And uh, as a result of that contact, I became interested in looking at the way Vietnamese learners master English. Vietnamese phonetics is very different from English phonetics and uh, it's very challenging for Vietnamese learners of English to, to master particular aspects of English pronunciation, such as final consonants, for example, which are important in, in English, of course, because if you have difficulty pronouncing the ends of words, then you lose a lot of the meaning mm. and your speech might become quite difficult to understand. Mm. So my, my, my ambition in learning Vietnamese is not really to become a fluent speaker, but to better understand the phonetics of Vietnamese, to understand the difficulties experienced by our students and by other students of English in Vietnam. Sounds very logical. It's I'm very exciting. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I really uh, find the learning Vietnamese, such mm. a different language, mm. very, very stimulating. Mm because it's the first Asian language I've actually tried to learn. Mm. Um, so I've found it's taken me quite a long time, for example, to be able to hear tonal differences, mm. uh, let alone to be able to produce them mm. convincingly. Mm. Um, but, but really a mind-expanding experience. Mm. I recommend it warmly, mm. especially to come to it as, a, as an older learner. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. Mm. Uh, so I really admire all the people of who, who, are, who have Asian languages as their first languages, who have to learn English because it's very different. These languages work in a very different way mm. and uh, I think it's hugely challenging to actually try to master the pronunciation of such a very different language mm. in a way so that you can get as far as being able to make yourself understood. Mm. And so, I mean, it's, it's quite, quite challenging. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, now, I know that you have a solid background in, in teaching and I know also that you've written four books on the subject. Um, how does this research inform your own teaching, in a way? Well, uh, I've been uh, trained as a, as, a, as a teacher, a language teacher, and I think uh, the experience of being a language teacher at, uh, at lower academics levels is, is very... 
worthwhile for anybody who's trying to research language learning. Um, to be able to follow language learners from their first stages of, of acquiring a new language and the, seeing the kind of adjustment that they need to make in their thought processes, mm. in watching how um, grammatical differences can suddenly start to make sense to learners. Uh, I, I think that experience is, is very useful when you come to, to research language learning. Um, I also think that uh, experience of, of um, watching the way people learn language um, can be in some way applied to other kinds of learning, the learning of, for example, of linguistics or phonetics, um, that you see people uh, approach a material and uh, try to digest it on their own, then come together with other learners and, and, and try to apply the material to use it, to understand it, to talk about it. And, and the process of actually approaching the, the new knowledge is, mm. is a gradual process that needs to be, um, it takes, takes time and I think is well, um, well worked in communication with other learners. Mm. Um, not least in language learning when of course communication is, is central. Thank you. And on a more personal note, uh, you wrote these books uh, while at home, bringing up four children. <laughs> How did you find the time? Um, to uh, write the books yes. or to bring up the children? Both. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think the key part there is that I was at home for, for some years there with, with my children. Of course, I wasn't on my own at home with my children. They do have a father as well. And uh, as, uh, as, you, as you know, Sweden is a country where uh, women and men tend to share child-rearing. And uh, it's, it's possible to, to plan your time in cooperation with your partner and with a good sense of logistics, you can actually get things done. Mm. Mm. But uh, I'm still amazed that you found the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you were also acting research leader for the research area of um, Lerande or Socialiseringsprocesser, we call it here in Sweden, uh, and the English term is? Uh, language and culture. Yeah. Um, so what do you see as your main achievements within this group as far as contributing to the research environment here at Högskolandalarna? Well, when I came into that uh, role as, as the, the leader of the new um, research area, which is part of Hoekskolendal and his new research strategy that was to run from 2009 to 2012, um, at that time we, we very much had a collection of uh, researchers who were working more or less independently uh, on their own. Um, and my target at that point was to try to get people talking to each other, mm. to find uh, common denominators, to find um, clusters of researchers who would be able to enrich each other's work, to be able to read each other's work, to uh, develop together. And uh, I think that that was quite successful. Uh, following that period, we have now identified a number of groups in our in our research area for example we have the group who are dealing with next generation of learning um, we have a, another group dealing with uh, post-colonial studies mm. and uh, other groups in the, more related to to educational science 
uh, and the teaching of sciences. Mm. Um, uh, and I think that there, there is more dialogue going on between researchers in our environment now than there was previously. So mm. I think that's what I would say I'm most pleased with. Yes, and I'm sure that everybody appreciates those first steps towards this new research environment and, uh, and are reaping the fruits as we speak, I think. I hope so. Uh, so thanks for your time, Una. But one more question. Uh, you studied Spanish at university and obtained a teaching qualification for the subject. When and why did you decide to change direction and focus solely on English linguistics? Well, when I came to Sweden, uh, I came for the first time in 1981, um, I had to learn Swedish. And at that time, my Swedish sort of took over from my Spanish. But later on, I, I revived my Spanish and uh, uh, became a teacher, as you say, of, of Spanish and English. <clears throat> and I, I wouldn't say that I've decided to concentrate entirely on English. <laughs> <clears throat> Rather that uh, circumstances at the moment are that, that English is what I'm working with primarily. Mm. I'm working in an English department. Mm. But uh, I was educated as a linguist mm. rather than as an anglicist. Mm. And all languages are interesting mm. for me. And to be honest, Spain has a better climate than Sweden. <laughs> I know you like the warm. Yes. <laughs> well, again, thank you very much, Una, for a very enlightening uh, chat. Thank you very much.